Welcome to episode 85, 85. of wow. the Pirate Monk Podcast. Man, we got to figure out what we're going to do for 100. Oh, that's right. We should, we should begin uh, taking suggestions, I think, yes. from the listening public. Yes, we should. I think it needs to be recorded on location somewhere. Ooh, that'd be good. Hmm? We need to take the crew. Maybe do a video Some of our podcast, too. Woody Smokes oh. and Brews. Phil Valentine always does them there. Oh, does he really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no. I'm trying. I'm, I'm thinking of something a little more exotic. Oh, okay. okay. Smoke some brews. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on the road somewhere. Yes, go. Uh, yes, that. Yeah. Uh, maybe bring some of our favorite guests along as well. That would be cool, man. Uh huh. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Send in suggestions, guys. That'd okay. Cool, man. All right. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, we are, as always, coming to you practically live from high above uh, the ta- the Mellow Mushroom <laughs> Tower here yes, in man. Metropolitan. Franklin, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I'm your uh, amiable host, Nate Larkin, here with our fearless, peerless engineer, Mondo Grimes. Good evening. Uh, where's Aaron Porter? Aaron, he's in a meeting again. He, he's, he has a habit of setting up <laughs> his uh, Samson meetings at the same time we record the podcast. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Because he knows Samson has to take precedence. It does, but his, yeah. his time management kind of sucks. <laughs> as, as of late, like the last right. two, three weeks, yeah, yeah. Been, yeah. Right. or he has avoidance issues yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. it's like. Or love if you, we man. dig deeper, perhaps we are scheduling the recording during his. <laughs> so maybe he can't us. be here. You know what? That is an Aaron Porter comeback right there. I know. I yeah, know. He put it back on us. We're scheduling during his stuff. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll give that to you. Well, filling in today for Aaron Porter. Yeah. Uh, as he most certainly can do, and mm-hmm. do very well. None other than Thaddeus Hefner. Oh, some big shoes to fill, though. Oh, man. We love uh, having Thad back, because it always does real well for the listener numbers. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah, yeah man. Yeah, those are the most... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, yeah, among those popular episodes are those that feature Thaddeus Hefner. Hmm. Yep. They're all wondering, what's he going to say now? <laughs> 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 Uh, hey, yeah. so uh, what have you been doing lately? Uh, it's been a busy summer thus far, and uh, I don't even think we're technically even in the summer yet, right? But it's been busy here in town and practice and mm-hmm. just life, and I've been on the road a little bit. Uh, just got back from uh, the beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah. Yeah, um, I have never been there. Oh, it's, it was my third time. I'm just usually in and out because uh-huh. when I've been there, it's been to staff a Journey into Manhood retreat. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was... Uh, fly into Salt Lake, but I was in the Rockies, just beautiful, about an hour out of Salt Lake, and uh, so I just got back from Utah, where I staffed uh, a weekend, Journey into Manhood, with People Can Change. We had 23 men go through the weekend. It's just always amazing. It's like, I'm sure, like 48 hours. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, Men come in, and they leave completely different. Right, exactly. And in a different space altogether, and uh, so that's what I've been up to, and I'm I've actually been gearing up to, uh, in August, uh, The Journey Beyond, which is a sequel, oh, Weekend yeah. Journey uh-huh, in a Minute. I've uh-huh. uh, been busy working away at that. Uh, and the, as leadership, we're all over the country, so our meetings are virtual. We have okay. phone meetings all the time, so it's been a lot of work. It's a much bigger weekend, sure. And uh, but it's been great. It's been exhausting, but but great. So yeah, yeah that, that's what I've been up to. I don't know how you do it all, man. You do a you do an awful lot of work. I'll, uh, you you uh, offer an awful lot of help during the course of a typical week. I do know that. Hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. Well, thanks for helping with the podcast. How yeah, about you, thanks Mondo, for me. What's 
What's new in your life? Well, I've been here at the studio for last three weeks by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, John, my partner, is in California for five weeks. Yeah. And five long, long weeks. weeks yeah. And uh, I think he's in Fresno. Oh, well. Okay. That's not cool. No. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think the first and the last week he spent in the San Diego with his folks. Okay, all and, right. And uh, the middle three with his, uh, his... We just lost our Fresno listeners. Sure did. Love yeah. you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, just been working hard. He's gone. And the other guy, uh, Jason, who you met, a uh, uh-huh. graphics artist, he's out of town in Nebraska. He's, uh, I don't know what he's doing in Nebraska. He's doing something there. But, uh, These guys are going off to the garden spots of the USA. Hmm. Yeah, man. They're, they're doing stuff, and I'm okay. here working. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> but uh, outside of that, though, man, uh, been been spending a lot of time with my family. Just been mm-hmm. really, uh, been really intentional with my kids, Yeah. my wife, and uh, we, we did a picnic last weekend. Nice. Yeah. We went to Centennial Park downtown. Uh-huh. And, uh did it right, man. I mean, I went to get the picnic basket and the blanket and the, the submarine sandwiches and got a bottle of wine for me and the wife and some cheese and, wow. and got some, some mm. drinks and juice for the kids. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Brought yeah. the dog with us. Wow. Brought some books. Wow. I mean, did it right. Yeah. It was an event. Trust me, I was tired. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how's a picnic tiring? Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But uh, it was great, man. It was a, it was wow. a fun time. Now, you know, they want to go all the time now. So, mm-hmm. you know, but it was good. So this this been a lot of time with the family, man. Oh, that's good. Oh, good. That's good. good. What, you, what are you up to? Well, Allie and I are coming uh, to the close of a, of a five-week uh, stretch of actually being home in mm-hmm. Franklin. Now, that is a very odd thing to mm-hmm. hear you say. Yeah. 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 And uh, it's it's wonderful, you know. I I really do love routine. Mm-hmm. Now I'm and I'm so grateful that in my early years of recovery, I had none of this responsibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I had a job, but there wasn't a lot of work. Um, I had meetings I had to attend every day. Uh, Allie didn't really want to spend a whole lot of time with me, um, hmm. but. Um, but I didn't, I, and I didn't have to leave town. Shoot, didn't even have the money to leave town. I was able to, uh, I had the freedom then to develop some healthy routines, to get out among other people, begin to foster relationships with other guys, hmm. uh, a, but a different kind of relationship because for the first time in my life I wasn't on stage. Hmm. I was just another Mate. bozo on the bus, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, there's something just so healing about getting into a groove, mm-hmm. into a routine, yeah. around people who know you, who you don't have to pretend for or perform for. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm grateful that in this town there are so many guys who uh, who I know, who know my story, who are under no illusions about who I am, or few mm-hmm. anyway, mm-hmm. Um, and who really don't want me to be the 50-foot Jesus. They just would like to be me to be Nate. Mm-hmm. And I love those periods when... You know, I can put together a few back-to-back weeks of uh, doing the same thing every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I've really enjoyed yeah. the routine, but at the same time, uh, Allie and I are both getting a little a little itchy to get back on the road and at it again. We hmm. looked at each other last night and said, you know, it, it is about time. Yeah. So we're headed off uh, next Tuesday for uh, I think at about this time, the time this episode will air, we will actually be. In Colorado, speaking at Constance Rhodes yeah. uh, Hungry for Hope yep. uh, oh, awesome. mm-hmm. uh, conference, doing the Sex and Skinny deal. Yep. Uh, I'll be meeting again with uh, Michael Cusick, 
yeah. author of Surfing for God. Yep. Our listeners love Mike. He has uh, a lot of energy and some uh, some real uh, exciting ideas for uh, uh, kind of a joint sequel to his book and mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, something to take us a little farther down the road. Okay, great. Really looking forward to spending some time with him, with our good friend Matthew Ward, who's out there. We're going to spend a couple days at the Bolt House Ranch in Breckenridge, hmm. the guests of a fine family up there. And then uh, the plan right now calls for us to go through Cheyenne, Wyoming, and speak at a biker church, and then on into Spearfish, South Dakota, to meet up with the Samson guys there and spend a few days in the Black Hills before we come uh, this back. This is just fascinating to me. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, like, how the hell does this happen? <laughs> 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 it's like going to Cheyenne, yeah, know, South that. Dakota. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I mean, that's just awesome, man. I love it. And, and, uh, and, and no sooner do we get back from that trip. I mean, we'll be back for about a week, week and a half, and then we head off. I'm very excited about the, about the road trip through the South, this uh, summer southern Samson Road Cruise. Got yeah. a few pirate monks from yeah. Franklin coming with me. And we're going to do... Uh, uh, I sent out... Actually, I sent out an uh, email to, to the guys on the Samson site. We'll get some details there. But we'll be in... Uh, uh, Texas, right? Yeah, we'll be in Fort Worth and Houston. Awesome. Just got an invitation in from New Orleans. So we'll do New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Jackson, Mississippi, Birmingham, Alabama, Montgomery, Alabama. Awesome. And uh, it's going to be a good time. You're leaving me too. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, abandonment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a huge journey, uh, journey into manhood. There's a huge community in Texas. So I'll, I'll see if I can get on the wire and let those guys know you're coming. Oh, fantastic. Some of them may be Samson guys too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah, walk yeah. in both worlds. And, oh, so, yeah. that'd be awesome. Yeah, All right. Absolutely. Cool, man. Okay, well, Thaddeus, you have worked hard to bring us our guest. Uh, for this very special episode of the Pirate Monk Podcast. Thank you. We're going to get to them as soon as we get back. You got a good tune to spin for us, man? Yeah, I'll find some for you. All right, here it comes, and we will be back in just a moment on the Pirate Monk Podcast. Take these tears This throbbing pain These grinding fears This darkest stain And make it go Make it go away. 
Well, we're back on the Pirate Month podcast, and finally, the day has arrived. The day we have longed for, waited for, worked for, yes. for so many, many years. Mm-hmm. How, we, what's it been, 15, 20, 30 years? <laughs> About that, I think. Yeah, yeah, 30 years. That's a long time. Yeah. Uh, Thaddeus and I have really wanted to get Rich Weiler uh, on the podcast and introduce him to our Samson listeners. Rich Weiler, thank you for uh, clearing your schedule, making a hole, and joining us uh, on, on today's edition of the Pirate Monk Podcast. Great. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, Thad, I'm going to toss it to you just at, at the top sure. of the interview. Um, how did you get to know this guy, and what kind of impact has his life had on your life? Um, well, the impact that Rich had on me and has had on me actually came before I ever met him. Mm. I, read, I met Rich in 2006. Um, the, the organization Rich uh, founded and directs is called People Can Change, mm-hmm. and it's for men who have unwanted same-sex attraction, mm-hmm. and it's for men that want to figure out what's going on and, and how do they remedy or diminish that, or how, overall have peace in their life mm. is, uh, is uh, the goal for a lot of men. Um, so I found People Can Change uh, on the web in 2004 mm-hmm. and ended up going to their 10th weekend uh, at that time mm-hmm. and um, Rich was not staffing that weekend so uh, it completely I was stuck in a rut I was done with therapy I was willing to go back to therapy but I just prayed and said God you know just help me find something and I found that weekend and mm-hmm. I went to the Journey into Manhood weekend which is uh, a weekend that People Can Change puts on mm-hmm. for men and um, that was exactly what I needed. So he was already impacting me before I ever met him. I met him for the first time face-to-face two years later at a sequel weekend that People Can't Change puts on called The Journey Beyond. Mm. And, um, and, uh, and since then, oh my goodness, there, there's just not enough time to mm-hmm. share how he's impacted, but I would say uh, my outlook on myself as a man, um, how I see myself, uh, my spiritual walk with God yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and how I connect just with community, both men and women. Uh, really, I I turned a, a life corner in 2004, and ever since, uh, that's how Rich has been impacting me. Well, and I could say Rich has had a huge secondary impact here in Franklin, Tennessee, where you, Thaddeus, mm-hmm. have become a man among men, and, mm. uh, teaching men how to relate to other men. Just yeah. Uh, not pedantically, but by example, by entering into daily relationships. You're one of the most relational guys I know. Mm, thank you. And have become just a rock mm. in this community. Okay, well, to Rich, can you tell us, uh, tell us Rich, how did you uh, get into this line of work? Yes, quite accidentally, and not not something you know. You know, as a kid, think I'm going to grow up and help people deal with unwanted same-sex attractions. That doesn't happen. So, <laughs> but I, I had my own struggle with with unwanted same-sex attractions. It was I was very conflicted for for many years, and and really thought there was no solution. I was raised in a conservative Christian home, and and I, I am a believer in Christ, and and that's an important part of my faith, and essential to my faith, but. Uh, but I just had this this struggle with unwanted same-sex attraction that I couldn't explain. I was afraid to tell anyone. I was afraid to ask for help. There didn't seem to be any help anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I struggled with it for many years. I, I found a therapist in 
and I guess when I was in my mid-20s, I found a therapist who introduced me to the addiction concept, mm-hmm. that, that, uh, and I found Sexaholics Anonymous. I'm not saying that homosexuality is the same thing as addiction. It's not, but there's a lot of overlap. Mm-hmm. A lot of people dealing with, uh, with same-sex attraction also deal with, with sexual addictions, and I was one of those. And mm-hmm. so I started dealing with it. Uh, at an addiction le- level and started going to SA meetings and that kind of thing and, and that helps quite a bit for for some time but what it didn't do for me it really it was really important in teaching me the principle of surrender and teaching me the principle of connection to other men to reaching out and asking for help when I was uh, when I was struggling I carried with me a list of 15 20 men's phone numbers that mm-hmm. I could call where a uh, fellow addicts or strugglers or mentors or support people and and that was really helpful what it didn't teach me was the the, the principle that underlying these unwanted same-sex attraction there was some unmet need mm. that was trying to get met and I, I didn't learn that in sexaholics anonymous but eventually i found reparative therapy uh, a, a, ther- a therapist in southern california who understood uh, homosexuality and uh, he was uh, it was actually at the Thomas Aquinas Clinic in Encino California that uh, Joe Nicolosi runs and I was mm-hmm. working with a therapist there and uh, discovered that oh this these same-sex attractions mean something they have there's an underlying need that needs to be met it's not just that I need to suppress this I actually need to fulfill this I just need to fulfill it in non-sexual brotherly ways and so that turns my work upside down mm. so instead of just doing the work of surrender and, and suppression it became the work of fulfillment which was a, a much more in some ways more frightening mm-hmm. um, approach but more but it stretched me it means get out of your comfort zone just don't, don't just stay home and pray for it to go away and yeah. do all the surrender work um, so I made uh, it was a difficult transition for about two and a half three years uh, but I made great uh, put a lot of work into it made just grew tremendously and the support of a lot of men support of my wife and afterwards I just I moved to Virginia about that time and I wanted to share my witness, my experience. As I looked on the internet and searched about change at the time, this was back in 2000 or so, in the time all I could really find were stories of of Christian renewal, Mm -hmm. which was significant. But it wasn't my story. My right. story was that that overcoming same-sex attraction was not about finding Christ. It was about doing deep emotional healing work and interpersonal work with other men. Mm-hmm. And and I'm not not to diminish, diminish in any way those for whom, you know, a, a Christian walk is the specific answer to SSA. I I think that for a lot of men it actually is part of the answer. Mm-hmm. It's a guide. It's a light. It's a map. But it's not the whole piece that for men with SSA, oftentimes the work is in making, in changing some of the inner uh, blocks to connecting with other men to, and to identifying with one's own masculinity and then also doing the interpersonal work of, of uh, feeling like a man among mm-hmm. men, feeling mm-hmm. like one of the guys. And so that was my walk. So I wanted to share that side of the story. And so I searched out 10 other men who had also uh, resolved unwanted same-sex attraction in this way and had developed heterosexuality. And I wrote their stories and put it on a, on a homemade website. This was in 2000, and websites were still pretty new. Yeah. And, uh, it's a little embarrassing to go back at it and look how, how really primitive the site was, but it got us started. 
And I named it People Can Change because I, I thought that's a self-evident truth. We are all in the process of changing every day, whether we want to or not. We may not be growing, but we're changing. Yes. Right. And so life, life is change. And so I named the website People Can Change and put my story and other 10 men's stories. And I was looking for the commonalities of what do these what do these men have in common in their stories? I wanted to lay out something that others could follow, others could do similar kind of work, the similar kind of therapy or whatever it was. And from that, uh, that it just it's, the work started to build from there. And a year and a half later, we did our first experiential weekend, which we called Journey into Manhood. And that was 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's been, been growing ever since. Next week, we're doing our first weekend in Israel. Uh, our first journey into manhood wow. uh, we did in Israel, which is our third our third country. We're also in England. Baruch uh, Hashem. Yeah, yeah, thank you. <laughs> I think that's a compliment. Yes, praise God. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And so, um, now how did this... Uh, I know from uh, my friendship with a lot of guys in the Samson Society that unwanted same-sex attraction is a very uh, common uh, affliction. Uh, a lot of guys just battle that thing. And a very high percentage of those guys, especially the Christian guys, are, are married. Uh, how did you navigate that with your wife? And what kind of counsel do you give to married guys who come to uh, uh, Journey into Manhood weekends? Well, the Journey into Manhood Experiential Weekend is for men from all walks of life. They can be aged. We've had men as young as 17, although our typical minimum age is 18, and as old as, I think, 73. Mm. Um, most, most are mid, uh, kind of mid to late 20s to early 40s because that seems to be the time of life where men have either tried homosexuality and decided this isn't what I want, this isn't working for me, mm-hmm. or else they're tired of suppressing it and they're finally, okay, I'm ready to deal with it. I'm ready to come out of the closet in one way or another. I'm going yeah, yeah. to do, do something different. And uh, so that's that's the common age. About, I think about a quarter to a third of men who come uh, are, to, are married already to women. Mm-hmm. And so they've, you know, they've, and, and that was my path to some extent, is that I married first and dealt with, with the same-sex attraction later. I did have enough heterosexual uh, feelings to fall in love with a woman and, and mm-hmm. marry. I did tell her before we got married that what I was dealing with, and she was very supportive, but I think we both whitewashed it and diminished you know, what, what, yeah. what it would take. Yeah. Uh, at that, that, that point, my only tool was the 12-step program, which was helpful, as I said. Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't everything. And so I, for the first nine years of my marriage, I really struggled and had times of, you know, slipping and repenting and, mm-hmm. and confessing to her and coming back. And it, it was it was really hard on both yeah. of us. And uh, at the time that I found uh, reparative therapy, uh, finally, I felt like, OK, now I have an answer. Now I can have I can experience this. Now, the, the problem was that it became more time-consuming to do the healing work than it was to be in the in the addiction. Mm-hmm. So it became more time. I was going to meetings almost every day, one kind or another, to a therapy group. Mm-hmm. I went to the New Warriors group. Uh, that was my introduction to to experiential men's work, right. men's healing work. And so, and I, I found a mentor. I just really threw myself into this. And and you know, my wife started to complain that I was. I was gone more yeah. when I was doing my healing work than when I was 
yeah. more wounded. And I told her, I know this is not going to last forever. This is not uh, that, that for right now I need to do everything that I can. I have tried doing the minimum and getting results, and, now, and that did, nothing happened, so now I'm going to do the maximum. I'm going to do everything I can in order to get the, the results that I want. Mm. And, um, and so I did. And, and for about two years, it was, it was really time intensive. But finally, that, that it found, turns out that well of, that uh, well of need was not, an, uh, not a bottomless well, yeah. not a bottomless pit. I started to fill up. I started to believe men's um, connection and, and, and affection for me. Yeah. And, and so that I could have this this experience of brotherly love that supplanted and surpassed the experience of uh, the desire for erotic love. And that, that's a really a key principle that we teach our men is that what we want to, to give is not to suppress the same-sex attraction. We want to give them something better, something yes. higher. Mm-hmm. And that's brother, brotherly love. That's yeah. a deeper spiritual connection with men and an emotionally intimate connection with men. And that when they have that, the vast majority of men that I work with find that the the desire for erotic connection diminishes tremendously. Yeah, yeah. Because they have what they really want, which is a more an emotional bond with brothers. Yes, 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 yes. So, I mean, as far as the my wife, I mean, it was it was tough tough for her uh, for a time, and really, she just she was very patient and and long suffering in a lot of ways. I also run a, a group now with a. I co-run a group with, of wives of men with same-sex attraction to help them cope with uh, their husbands, SSA, and uh, in the work that we do with them, and I have my, my partner in that as a woman, and in the work we do with them, it's surprising how little we actually are talking about their husbands' SSA. We're talking about they're doing their work. Yes. You know, they're doing their forgiveness and, and their boundary setting and, and their self-care and all of the kinds of work that they need to do just to be a healthy spouse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when you entered reparative therapy back in the 90s, uh, you had to sign, I understand, uh, more or less a waiver, um, something to satisfy the American Psychological Association. Uh, and uh, can you tell us about that waiver, why the psychologist felt it was necessary, and then where that, uh, that, that fundamental... Uh, disagreement is still active yeah it well i don't know if the apa required of the clinic or the clinic was just doing it to stay safe but mm-hmm. with with the apa but yes it it was a form that said in in shorthand it said we the apa don't think this works and it might harm you mm-hmm. and i i was just disgusted by by that that okay you your solution is for me to be gay and uh, to the extent that i, I tried that it failed miserably for me and you're you're telling me that that's the only, that's the only healthy emotionally healthy solution for my for my life is to walk away from my wife and my kids and to uh, try to find a gay partner and so i just found it offensive that I, that they would expect me uh, to sign off on that not that the clinic was having me do it but yeah, that the APA yeah. would, would expect that and to tell me that it didn't work uh, because why why tell me in advance that i'm going to attempt a therapy that that isn't going to work mm-hmm. um and it's like, yeah, I mean, if would they do that with any other any other condition? And the thing is, I mean, I, I don't know what people think reparative therapy is, but to me, it's it's a therapy. It's 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 typical psychotherapy with the stated goal in in alliance with the client's goal of developing his sense of 
masculinity if he's a man, a sense of gender, and uh, diminishing uh, same-sex attractions. It's not reparative therapy. It's not some kind of special mystical, you know, mm. witch right. doctor therapy. It's just regular psychotherapy. The reparative therapy states the goal of I want to repair this hole in my heart of not having not having enough male affection, male bonding in my life. Yeah. So, uh, interestingly, the, the California now is uh, the Senate just passed the, uh, passed a a bill that would outlaw reparative therapy for minors in the state of California. It had a section in it that would also require, as a state law, require that kind of disclosure that I signed uh, as, uh, for the APA back in the 1990s. And uh, uh, my understanding is that 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 the part of the bill that would require that disclosure be signed was um, was uh, eliminated right. in, yeah. in the conference. And so the, the only remaining part of that bill now, which is now with the state California State Assembly, is that it would outlaw reparative therapy for minors, which is really interesting because it certainly doesn't outlaw gay-affirming therapy for minors. Right. So we'll, we'll give you one option, but we're not going to give you an alternative mm -hmm. to look at, mm -hmm. uh, which is, is just... Uh, is so biased and so unhealthy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and but the problem with those kinds of disclosures is they're often based on very, very biased information. The mm -hmm. idea that there, if if you you look, the the APA used to say that there is no no clinical research that shows reparative therapy is effective. Well, they've become more accurate in that they now say that there um, is no. I don't know, qualified or, or high quality research, or no, no, I can't remember what the term is exactly, but the, no effective research. In other words, they're saying if the if the, the research shows that reparative therapy is effective, it's not good enough research, and mm -hmm. so we're going to set the bar higher than right. that. Right. And they don't have research that shows other kinds of therapy are uh, any more effective right. for depression or anything else. Mm -hmm. uh, but but they've just vilified this kind of therapy because it's, it's the most politicized mental health issue that exists. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine you encounter from time to time some hostility yourself taking a lead uh, as a, a proponent uh, of this kind of therapy. Yes, it's uh, the the internet gives a great opportunity to be vilified, and if I go Google my name, the you know the horrible things that that. A couple of people in particular say about me it's it's pretty offensive yeah. I, I get I get some hate email sometimes and some hate phone calls but uh, it's it's not too much but but mostly yeah if you google my name it's there's some just nasty things uh, said uh, uh, that's just name-calling really yeah. just bullying yeah. just nasty bullying kind yeah. of stuff because I am not touting the gay party line right there is there is in in this culture there is a gay party line that you're supposed to that all people are supposed to go along with which is that homosexuality is morally equivalent it's just as good there's no difference it's you're born that way you can't change and if anybody goes against that that gay party line it's considered blasphemy mm -hmm. and so you can pounce and there is no limit to what you can do to vilify someone uh, to to yeah. what kind of hate speech you can to get somebody to shut up and follow the party line. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I admire your courage. Uh, I know at this point there are uh, hundreds, probably thousands of men who are grateful for your courage because they found a life following a path that you directed them to. Um, 
If you were going to uh, characterize that journey, uh, encapsulate that journey for uh, somebody who's just at the very beginning of the path, uh, I know that there's, you know, there's, they're going to encounter all kinds of twists and turns on that road, and they're going to face all kinds of issues, many of them unique to them. But is there a way that you can characterize the journey, describe the journey for somebody who's considering setting off on it? Yes, when I when I developed the People Can Change website and then I started working on the Journey to Manhood weekend experience, I partnered with David Matheson, who's a, a licensed professional counselor who's now working out of Utah. And, uh, and he simplified sort of the commonalities. He and I uh, simplified the commonalities uh, to what we call a MANS model, an M-A-N-S, which is an acronym for Masculinity, Authenticity, need fulfillment and surrender and those are the key mm. principles that we teach men it's that the work is in all four of those areas and it's really holistic gender affirming work so the masculinity principle is to develop a sense an internal sense of masculinity of being man enough and really connecting to that a lot of men dealing with same-sex attraction especially growing up they knew they weren't a girl they didn't have gender identity disorder mm -hmm. normally but they also didn't feel fully like a boy, and they didn't feel felt affirmed, and they didn't feel like they belonged, and that kind of thing. So it's a, it's work to to make sure that that is affirmed, and there's an internal sense of of the connection to the masculine. And the other is the interpersonal with friends, mentors, groups, really connecting. The kind of work that Samson Society does mm -hmm. is beautiful for that. The authenticity principle really is about um, showing up authentically to yourself and to friends. Yeah. and to family and uh, we teach about the core emotions of sadness anger fear and joy and really understanding those connecting with those it's amazing how many men are emotionally illiterate and mm -hmm. don't know what they're feeling and don't uh, uh, don't don't understand their feelings and yet bottled up emotions are such a big trigger for any kind of sexual acting out or or just l lustful fantasy or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so the authenticity principle of, of really being who you are, being seen, so many men say, you know, if they really under, if they knew my secret, they would reject me. Yeah. And I, I, I lead a coaching group on, on weeknights and uh, I just was working on that the other night with, with a man who just, you know, was, was certain that if anybody knew his story, that his friends and family would reject him, even though so many others can testify. You know what? In today's society, so many people are willing to step up and affirm and support that level yeah. of authenticity. The uh, the need fulfillment principle, is, as I talked about at the beginning, is a sense of, you know, there's, there's a need here that's being ex expressed, and our job, our work, is to find it uh, and uncover it and fulfill it in, in non-sexual ways. Uh, and that usually is needs for for being assertive, for speaking your truth, mm -hmm. for friendship, for for a masculine connection, sometimes healthy touch, uh, mm -hmm. a brotherly hug, that kind of thing. And the, the final, the surrender principle, is kind of the twelve-step principle of turn, whatever's left, of turning it over to God, and yielding our hearts to the divine, mm -hmm. and and seeking out a higher purpose, a higher place for yeah. our life and letting go of any kind of resistance, barriers, blocks, walls that would keep us from being the man that he really wants us to be each individually. Wow. Well, what a what a beautiful and masterful description of the path. And and it seems to me I I'm sure that that 
that has special relevance to a man whose primary struggle, sexual struggle, uh, involves same-sex attraction. I can speak as a guy who, uh, you know, that's not my struggle. I can't explain why it hasn't been. I feel fortunate that it hasn't been. However, it sounds very much like the path that I'm on myself. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I can see it being applicable for men and to do, doing a lot of healing work, and and some sometimes like David now can calls his his practice the Center for Gender Wholeness. Mm. He's kind of moved away from SS, you know, talking about diminishing SSA, and he now talks about gender wholeness. That when you're whole as a man. Um, you're not going to deal with SSA. You're not going to deal with uh, sexual addictions and those kinds of things yeah. when you have that, that wholeness. So it's really a, a wholeness model. And, and one of the things that I teach in my coaching is that uh, when it is to help men practice to step into what I call the golden masculine or sometimes if we use the warrior, king, magician, um, lover archetypes to mm-hmm. step into the, the golden warrior. But when you're, when you're in that place... You really can't ex- cannot experience lust. It's like the 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 golden masculine is the is the light. You turn on the light and the darkness or the lust shrinks. It goes away. It, yes. it, you can't be in them. Yes. So it's it's teaching them to be in the state of the golden masculine or the golden warrior. To be your most affirm uh, most assertive mm. self, your most divine self, mm-hmm. and practice going into that state rather than just trying to resist yes. something. Yeah, um, it's so much more holistic and and healthier and more of a connection, frankly, to the to the divine to work on being in that state, yeah. uh, living in that place. There's something that I call total surrender, which is uh, okay if if God were to come into my body right now and take over, and um, take over my thoughts and my actions and just run me for the next five minutes. Yeah. What would I do? Who would I call? What would I say? What would I be thinking? And that's that, that total surrender of letting God completely come in and, and take over. And I have men practice that. Um, pr- when you're not tempted, when you're not struggling, practice going into the total surrender state. Mm. And think, okay, for the next five, ten minutes, whatever, even as I'm going about my day, I could be mowing the lawn, I could be standing in line at the grocery store or whatever. As I'm going about my day, I'm going to practice being in that state of a total surrender where I imagine God running my body and running my thoughts. Yeah. And in that state, um, and so that when, when I am triggered by a lustful thought, if I can go into that total surrendered state or into that golden masculine state, um, I can't be in both places at once. Yeah. And so I practice going into it. And one of the beautiful things I've learned about in this work is that I can shift into that powerful state on cue. Yeah. Um, I, I used to think, well, I'm just at the, the mercy of my, of my moods and what I am just not feeling it today or whatever. But then I realized, you know, I'm about to leave a seminar. I got to be on. People mm-hmm. expect me to be powerful and assertive. I don't get to say, well, I'm not in the mood, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so um, I've learned that, you know, I can turn it on and off. I can turn it on and I have the power to go into that energy. Sometimes it's more work than others. Sometimes it's a lot of work, but I can be in that energy of total surrender or in the golden masculine. Mm-hmm. That is uh, really a, a real connection to the divine. Wow, that's beautiful. Well, Rich, I'm so grateful that uh, God has uh, caused us to uh, cross paths. There's something beautifully synergistic, I think, about 
the Samson Society, and uh, people can change the, the uh, journey into manhood weekends. So grateful that uh, Thaddeus really took the lead in introducing a good number, already a good number of Samson guys to the journey into manhood weekends. If our, uh, Let me ask you this as we close. If, um, if our listeners want to contact you dir- uh, directly or make direct contact, uh, find out more about the weekends, uh, where should they go? Yeah, our website is peoplecanchange.com. And there's a lot of information on there. We have a, a weekend, uh, Journey into Manhood weekend in California in July, in Israel in June, in Texas in November, and I'm hoping to be in Florida in, in December. So uh, we do move around, and, and um, so there, there should be an opportunity to, to come. So it's peoplecanchange.com, uh, or you can call the People Can Change office at 434-985-8551. Or email me at rich at peoplecanchange.com. Thank you so much, Rich. And Nate, uh, I really appreciate it. And this is Thaddeus. I just wanted to add that uh, I believe the Wives Healing Journey Weekend is in November this year. That's right. That's in November in Texas. We have a weekend for wives that we've offered three times um, already to help the wives of our men understand the men's journey more, but also to do the, further their own work and to find community. It is a very lonely place for women who are married to men with same-sex attraction. It's not the kind of thing that most women feel like they can tell anyone. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so it's it's a great opportunity for them to connect with others and also to do their own work around it because uh, if if uh, if a man is dealing with same-sex attraction or sexual addiction then the wife has is just inherently has a journey related to that of her own so there's no way to get out of that yeah yeah well lord bless you rich thank you again for taking time with us all right um, nate thank so, you so much so grateful it. for all you do okay. and we will be right back on the Pirate Monk Podcast. Oh, a pirate's life is a wonderful life for roving over the sea. Give me a career as a buccaneer, it's the life of a pirate for me. Oh, the life of a pirate for me. Well, what a conversation. Rich Weiler is a powerful, articulate man. Mm-hmm, yeah. He's found his purpose in life and he's doing it courageously. Yeah. Uh... Well, we're about at the end of the episode. Some uh, final thoughts, Thad? What would you What would you tell our audience here before we close? Uh, you know, I would encourage. I'd, I want to encourage you guys. Uh, perhaps, um, perhaps you you heard Rich speak and something resonated with you, and um, maybe you're a man that wants to to uh, try going to the Journey into Manhood weekend mm. to to look into people can change, or maybe you're a wife that would want to look more into maybe trying that wives healing journey weekend i'll let you know for my own journey it was 2004 when i found 2003 really when i found their website yeah fledgling website then it was their 10th weekend that was up and coming and i didn't know a soul i didn't know a staff member mm-hmm. i i found it on the website mm-hmm. it was new to me i had so much fear and i stepped into my fear Mm-hmm. And I went, and it was the best decision I ever made, and I'm so thankful to God for it. And so I want to encourage men, if this is something that um, you would even consider doing and you feel fear around it, um, you know men now, mm-hmm. whether you know men, uh, whether you know Nate uh, or Mondo or myself, uh, 
uh, personally and directly, or if you just know our voices through this podcast, mm-hmm. you know men who trust this weekend. You know men who trust this man named Rich Weiler. And so you have a lot more going than you, I did in 2004. <laughs> and so I would just encourage you uh, to, to go. Go try this and, and, and watch your life be changed. That's my judgment, my personal opinion. Your life will be changed. You will not be the same when you, when you end that weekend. And, um, and if there is any fear, um, man, what a great opportunity that that fear is. Uh, it gives you an opportunity to, to find your courage and to step into it. And thank God for fear because without it we couldn't know our courage. Mm. So I would just encourage you to, to give it a try. What have you got to lose? Mm. Nothing. Mm. So mm. Uh, except an opportunity. Mm. So, mm. so yeah. God be with you, and just take care of yourself. Just go do it. All mm. right. Well, until next time, uh, I'm Nate uh, Mondo. Our stand-in for Aaron Porter and Thaddeus Hefner. We're saying goodbye. We'll see you next time on the Pirate Monk Podcast. Time to heal.